Who knows what Jay-Z, J.K. Rowling, Bill Gates and Oprah Winfrey all have in common? Okay, I will tell you then. They have all overcome failure in one shape or form to go on to gain success in their respective careers. Welcome to My Perfect Failure. Join us as we delve into the world of our perfect failures. We will interview, explore, and discuss how our perfect failures can lead us to success. Join us and tune in. Welcome, everybody, to another episode of My Perfect Failure. Today, we have another wonderful guest for you. So my guest today is the founder and CEO of Vault Lines, a Turkish smart mobility company that was founded in 2018 and acquired in 2022 by Swirl for 65 million. So 65 million, wow. So it's a 65 million deal. Before Bolt Lines, he worked in product management, business development, and brand management across startups and corporates, and notably Procter & Gamble. So a very, very warm welcome to my perfect failure, Ali Halabi. How are you, Ali? Thank you, Paul. I'm good. How are you? I'm, ex- as I said to you a second ago, excited to talk to you today. We had, um, this is almost like a continuation of the first discussion that we had, which was, um, a, a, it was a, first and foremost, it was great to meet you. But secondly, it was, fasc- it was a fascinating listen for me to, in, to just to get a steer all the I guess pieces where you had to navigate to achieve what you've achieved today I know the journey's not over but it's great to get you at this point and to discuss um, your journey so this episode is is titled why Entrep- uh, why entrepreneurship is a continuous journey so yes yeah, because I guess there's lots of lessons to be learned but um I, I guess in in view of getting started but what i was keen to to glean from you at this stage was business always something that you were interested in uh first of all thank you paul so much for for having me and for reaching out it's uh, it's really an honor and uh, a pleasure to meet you as well um business has uh, i mean not business in particular but i like i grew up in the i was born in the middle east i was Mm. born in uh in lebanon um, in the south of Lebanon, grew up in a relatively poor family. I mean, we we had a, a bit rough during uh, our childhood with my with my two sisters, and we uh, it was very difficult for my dad to make ends meet, basically. So, I think the question came to my head when I was when I was eighteen, when I finished high school, and I was deciding what do I want to do in, in in college, like what what do what do I want to study and I mean, it really boiled down in my head to my objective was to get rich. Mm, okay. <laughs> I was like, I tried, I tried poverty and it didn't mm. work out. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so for me, it was like the straight, like the 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 the, the straight line mm. to to getting rich is just you know understanding how businesses work because I think the most value is created in in businesses, right? And and uh, creating a business and scaling it. Um, and in building equity, basically, mm. because uh, I mean, no matter what your salary is, obviously you could you could be making big salaries and big jobs, but uh, um, it's it's a it's a common uh, known thing that you know business and and building businesses and scaling businesses and creating jobs is 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 the best way 
to really uh, get wealthy in life. So, uh, so I wanted uh, to to study business administration, and you know, I chose marketing as a, as a major uh, with business administration and management as as a, as the base. Um, and this is how my you know education uh, came to be. Um, mm. I have a bachelor degree. I never went for an MBA or or any further academia. Uh, took took the bachelor degree and mm. jumped right into it, basically. Yeah. So th- th- thank you for that. That's uh, qu- quite revealing. So when you started thinking about business, you know, you experienced, you know, I guess that money wasn't plentiful when, when you grew up. You mentioned that. So the idea of having money was obviously, you know, like an attraction. Mm-hmm. So so when you started th- to think about that and about the idea of having money and having wealth, was that sort of a, a continuous thought process where you were researching as a youngster? You might read books or you might see television programs or you might see somebody that, you know, a noted person that was doing well. And you thought, well, actually, we're quite cool to be that person. Let me maybe dig around and find out how they acquired their situation. Absolutely. So like reading biographies was one thing that I was super Mm -hmm. interested in. Uh, I know it's a cliche, but, uh, you know, like obviously Elon Musk is is a fascinating story. Yeah. that that we are witnessing, and I think mm-hmm. we're lucky to 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 witness uh, what what he has achieved. And uh, despite you know like uh, all the controversy around yeah. the, <laughs> around Elon, but uh, I mean he's 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 quite inspirational in that sense. But uh, yeah, I you know like biographies. Mm-hmm. Um, but the, by the way, like you know having that having that drive did not mean that you know you know, I started my first company at 18 or whatever, mm. right? Like, no, I was late to start my own company mm. uh, and to pursue my entrepreneurial journey. I, my first job, it was in 2006. Yeah. Uh, it was a, as a product manager in a Dutch uh, uh, startup spin-off, let's mm. say. Uh, the, the founder was Dutch. Um, and um, his name is Lucas. Uh, great guy. He moved to Beirut. He set up a um, a software development company started there as a product manager, and then I, you know, found myself, you know, in startups. You, yeah, you, you, you get spread. So I found myself doing like business development and um, and you know sales and marketing and product management and project management mm. and what have you, right? So it was a great experience, uh, but that startup ended up, you know, uh, losing steam and uh, you know ended up uh, folding in. Um, in 2017 mm. and then i had a bit of an, an entrepreneurial journey where i tried to restart that startup myself because mm. we had the team we had the product we had the know-how we just didn't have the funding and the mm. founder yeah it was like maybe i can maybe i can you know step in and wear all the cap <laughs> <laughs> exactly i might as well wear those as well but uh, you know i was 23 i i literally had no idea what i'm mm. doing um and i ended up failing in raising the money that i wanted to raise mm. uh, but i had a plan b back then my plan b was you know find a corporate job you know because i was broke and mm. you know like uh, being broke was still a continuation of my you know like my teenage years right mm. so i had my teenage years i was broke and then suddenly i had this nice job a good pay mm. you know i got a new car what have you etc mm. but then you know i'm broke again so i was like no i want to break break away from being broke. That cycle uh i want to break away from the cycle absolutely so i i took a corporate job um and that was my plan b like if if i cannot be an entrepreneur or if i cannot mm. get that business I'll, I'll take that plan b um and i ended up in procter and gamble and i think it was one of the best you know 
business schools uh, one could go to, right? Like mm. I'm, I'm really lucky and grateful to have worked in Procter & Gamble. I worked with amazing people there and learned a lot. Um, and learned a lot of, about like discipline and drive and, you know, uh, execution at, at, at such a level uh, yeah. of, uh, of company. So it was really inspirational in that sense. But, um, you know, before you know it, that entrepreneurial itch, you know, <laughs> Came uh, came scratching me right, so I I ended up uh, you know jumping off the uh, corporate bandwagon uh, when I was 29 years old. So that was in 2013, end of 2013. I you know I jumped off that bandwagon and started my first startup. Uh, so that was in end of 2013, mm. early 2014. That ended up failing three years later. So by 2017, my my first uh, startup, uh, if you may ended up i mean we raised 1.2 million dollars and then we ended up failing to reach uh, a product market fit you know mm -hmm. um so we we had that shut down in uh in uh in q2 of 2017 and then this is where i started working on on the vault lines on on the current uh, startup uh, can, can i interject um, can i interject for a second yeah, yeah sure sure so 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 when the the company that you the original startup that you mm -hmm. created that you you looked at that and that didn't you know achieve the objective that you had what was the decision process like in did you did you have any reservations about pursuing another startup or was it never was it never in doubt that you were going to look at Another that's, a, that's, that's a great question because the thing is in so so i'm 29 years old right i've been working at a corporate job and mm. the thing about you know the thing about money is that you know after after a point when you're making good money you you kind of like start taking it for granted and mm. you start you know like more money doesn't mean more satisfaction or more happiness or more fulfillment right so uh, and i was you know it's it's the year is 2013 you know, there's a revolution happening mm. in tech, right? Like uh, Facebook has matured, Google mm. has matured, uh, Airbnb is just launching. Yeah. Um, you know, Uber is a few years old, uh, Lyft is a few years old, and you know, like I mean, following all of these because I was in the industry and I was like, hey, I was I was in the right industry, <laughs> right? And there's this revolutionary tech, uh, you know, transformation happening that's pretty much touching every sector, mm. right? Uh, where you know software is eating the world basically, and you know I know a thing or two about this industry and how it runs. Why am I not in it? One, two. Uh, that was like at the back of my mind, running until I ran into like I moved to uh, with Procter and Gamble in 2012 to Istanbul. So uh, for I, I don't know the audience of, of of your podcast, but probably you know not a lot of people know uh, you know Turkey and um, you know, or have been to Istanbul, but uh, I mean, Istanbul is a fascinating city. Mm -hmm. right? It was, it was mind blowing for me, and I've I've been all around the world, right? Um, and what, and why was that? Why was it mind blowing for you? Just out of interest. I mean, I lived most of my life in 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 like in a small town in mm -hmm. Lebanon, and then yeah. I moved to the to the big city in Lebanon, which is Beirut, mm -hmm. which is a city of one point five million, right? Mm -hmm. And then you know you come to Istanbul today; it's a city of uh, 16, 17 million people, right? Wow, I think because of that uh, city. I mean, it is it is intense, right? So you have these seventeen million people. Uh, it's 
you know, you, you know, like how 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 in movies, especially like Western movies, you know, whenever they put a like a movie, like uh, like a scene from a from a city uh, from the east, yeah. let's say, yeah, it's usually you know there's this uh, sepia filter and you know there's dust. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so Istanbul is not like that, right? Like it's 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 uh, you know it's 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 beautiful. It has this Bosphorus uh, uh, Sea Strait that is splitting the city into two, connecting the Black Sea to the Marmara Sea down to the Mediterranean. Uh, it's it's rich of history. It's uh, it's rich with culture and uh, pretty cosmopolitan, and it's it's beautiful, right? So I fell in love with the city, and I decided mm. to move here. And this is how I moved here with Procter and Gamble. Um, so I decided with P and G. I told them, please, I wanna I wanna relocate to to the city, and this is this is uh, this is how I came here. Um, but you know, seeing it as a as a tourist. <laughs> Mm. Or as a visitor, is yeah. different than living yeah. in it. And when you live in it, you like the traffic is is is, <laughs> is one hell of a piece of work, right? Like it's crazy. Yeah, these yeah. 16, 17 million people are moving. <laughs> yeah, right. So, and you know, the city geographically and the topography of the city and the, the nature of it mm. is, it has choke points, right? So, because it's split by a sea. Uh, you know, you have three bridges. Today, you have three bridges. When I moved here, there was only two bridges. Now there's three and a mm. tunnel, right? So the city is evolving at mm. at, uh, at a crazy speed, uh, especially in the last ten years. Uh, but I mean, even now with three bridges and a tunnel and all the ferry ferry boat crossings, uh, it's I mean the traffic is intense, right? really, really intense. And uh, again, I had it, you know. With with like I received it with with excitement mm. because like most people are complaining about traffic and they hate it and you know they're you know having road rage and all what have you and for me it was it was an exciting opportunity mm. and it was it overlapped with the same time where I'm like looking at Uber and looking at Lyft and looking at the Airbnbs of the world and I'm mm. like excited by this tech revolution and this is where the idea hit me whereby it wasn't it was never that you know. Yeah, I'm gonna spend a few years at Procter and Gamble and then start my own business. No, it was, it was no. I'm in Procter and Gamble. Procter and Gamble is a great place. I'm growing. You know, I have a huge career path in front of mm. me. You can go all the way to, you know, you could become the CEO of uh, yeah. PNG if you if you uh, put your mind to it. So, it's it's a great place to build a career where you don't have to even worry about the outside mm. world. But then the itch of okay. you know yeah. the tech and. Yeah. Uh, and this is where the big challenge, the big, the big decision came. Like, do I, given the background and given the history of you know coming from poverty and you know worrying about money and all of that, uh, do I take that you know mm. leap? Do I do I do I jump off uh, a safe corporate job and mm. go into the unknown in a city where I don't speak the language? I mean. Mm. Turkish is is, is is a language I don't know, right? So I had to learn a whole new language. Uh, it's a city where I know no one. I have no network. Like it's, wow. it's next level of like imagine yourself right now moving to to Paris, yeah. right? Like you don't know anyone probably there, so, and uh, so, so, starting so, from scratch in a different country. So what? So basically, what you just described are obstacles. That is all. So. When you're doing a rationale about moving to Istanbul, not having a network, not knowing the language, a lot of obstacles there. What were, how were you able to navigate beyond those and, and make that decision? 
So I was, I was, I was, I started thinking of the business, right? Like I was starting thinking of the idea, and you know, I think you know you cannot just build conviction when you just have an idea. I think you mm. need to jit it down, write write down the idea, and mm. you know, do a SWOT analysis, do some financial modeling, do just so that it's okay. it, you start having like numeric conviction mm. and you know factual conviction about the business, right? I think this helped me a lot because the transformation happened when I planned everything when i put a business plan when i did the market sizing and i did a feasibility analysis and did the the swot analysis and then uh you know started doing the mock-ups of the product right uh, and i started seeing something coming alive in front of me right uh, albeit you know like just some screens and some mm-hmm. idea and you know the numbers started making sense so, so i got excited right but then um you know the idea i, I was thinking i'm gonna do it on the side right but then one day I was sitting in in, in in a meeting, like in a regional meeting mm. in Procter & Gamble. And I was like, you know, they're like all the level. My managers, mm. my manager was in the meeting, her superior, their superior, all the way to the GM mm. or to, to the VP. Okay. Uh, uh, everybody was in the room. I was like, this is, I, I was, I was physically in a room that's showing me what my career could be, like yeah. who I could be. <laughs> career the career path is like right, and you know, I was just looking at them, and I was like, "So, what do you want to be?" So I was twenty nine, and mm. usually, later I realized that, you know, most marathon runners are either twenty nine or thirty nine or forty nine. Really? <laughs> because people at the end of a decade they reflect on how the decade has yeah, passed. Okay. Yeah. They do fundamental right, changes okay. in their life. So, okay. uh, running a marathon is usually one of them. Um, to to kind of like have an achievement, right? Yeah. And I was like, I'm 29. So what do I want to be at 39? Like, do I want to be the, this guy? With all due respect, obviously, I mean, the guy is probably making a million dollars a year. Yeah. So, so it's, you know, like he, he's making big bucks, right? Mm. So it's not like, uh, uh, but what do I want? I, do I want to be, uh, you know, the president or the VP of a brand in Procter & Gamble? Or do I want to be running my own business like do i want to build a business that has an impact on a on a meaningful problem that mm-hmm. i care about mm-hmm. right and it's really a personal thing mm-hmm. and um then i was i was in this mindset and i was thinking and then i ran across like a very interesting uh very interesting uh, stat right that uh, you know if if christopher columbus uh you know on the day he discovered the us Right, the Americas. Mm. If he was to get five thousand dollars as a salary every day since he discovered the Americas till today, he wouldn't be the richest man in the world. He he would be. He wouldn't. He would really. Yeah. How did you I, come across? And that? I did the math. So I, I have I, no I, idea I, how I came across that, okay. but I came across that statistic, mm. you know, on the internet. Yeah. Just browsing and came across on yeah. Facebook or. Yeah. Or whatever I was using back then, but I was like on Twitter probably. Mm. It was like so I did the math, and it's true. I mean, I think it still holds. I'm not sure after the recent market crash how it is, but like Jeff Bezos would still be richer than than Christopher Columbus earning five thousand dollars since 1492, right? So it's it's and this is where I was like, okay, I want to build a business, and Mm. I was reminded of my 18 years old self why I chose the whole business path in the first place, mm. right? To build a business, right? And I was like, took, this took me back, took you back. 
took me back and I was like, okay, this is it. Uh, and it's true. It's true. I mean, it's insane how how equity works, mm. right? In, in startups, like how how you build something, it's just an idea, it's worth zero. Mm. But just because of how you put it together, how you position it, how you pitch it, how you persevere around it, how you build a team around it, how you surround yourself with people that are better than you mm. in their fields, and it suddenly it becomes this company worth millions of dollars. Mm. I mean, it's very hard to comprehend, even for me right now. Even, even, even today, is it? Even today, I still don't believe that, you know, wow, like, you know, value is created out of thin air, basically. So, so let's get into vault lines a little bit. So if you can, can explain to me and the, the, the listeners vault lines, why, why vault lines as a, as a solution? What, what, what were you doing there? So uh, it has to do with, with my previous startup in a way, okay. in the sense that, uh, you know, I'm passionate about solving traffic, mm. right? I'm passionate about improving how people move in cities. Mm. And that passion developed over the years. It's, it was sparked in 2013 while I was stuck in traffic in Istanbul. It was like an insane traffic that mm. lasted five hours. <laughs> so it made me... Yeah, it made me, uh, let's, let, let's say, a spiritual. <laughs> um, and <clears throat> I became passionate about this problem. So the, 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 and the actual problem is that there's so many empty seats in traffic. There's so much empty, seat, uh, empty seats in traffic. Uh, and the average em- number of seats that are empty in traffic is around 85%. Depends really? on the city, but in Istanbul, it was 85%, right? So... Basically, traffic is a system that's running at eighty-five percent inefficiency, right? Okay. Um, and you know that's a that's a problem worth you know dedicating one's career for, right? Mm-hmm. Like for me, this is this was the mindset uh, in two thousand thirteen. So my first startup was an on-demand carpooling app, right? So it's a it's a it's a turn-by-turn navigation app, just like Google or Waze, mm-hmm. right? Uh, and imagine, like I'm saying a very simple sentence right now, but imagine that this took three years to build, obviously, because turn-by-turn navigation app, you cannot build it overnight, right? Yeah. So, so it's a turn-by-turn navigation app where people would start using it instead of Waze or Google Maps or Yandex. And what it does as a difference, as a major difference, is that it looks for passengers while you're driving your own car and navigating to your destination. It looks for passengers going in the same direction at the same time. Right. So let's say you're 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 going to be driving from from your hometown to London, yeah. right? Um, but think of it as like within London, ideally. Okay. Uh, yeah. You shouldn't you should be driving you shouldn't be driving a car in London. But um, let's say you go, you're going from point A to point B and you're yeah. navigating. What it does, it looks for passengers looking to for a ride to go to your point B at the same time while you're driving, mm-hmm. and it matches you. So on the passenger side, it's like Uber or Lyft mm-hmm. or what have you. Uh, but instead of dispatching a car to you, it matches you with a nearby car going in the same direction at the same time. So you might probably know Blah Blah Car uh, yeah. out of France. But Blah Blah Car is a scheduled intercity uh, okay. format of, yeah. of this idea. What what Volt was, it was the on-demand, real-time, right now I'm driving, I'll pick someone up on my way that's going in the same direction uh, kind of uh, format, right? Uh, which is, you know... It it was a it was a binary one or zero mm. 
go big or you're gonna uh, you're gonna go home and we we ended up going home right so we ended up failing because it's a, it's a sound idea though because particularly in london if you're you know you're, you're everyone's trying to get somewhere it and you know london isn't as big as istanbul but but london has the same problems in terms of yeah. traffic and you know you can't get anywhere quickly if you want to get anywhere quickly you're not going to get there quickly that's pretty much how it works but someone in traffic is driving with four empty seats in their mm. car going exactly where you're yeah. going right now it's just that the data yeah. like that you don't know of each other right yeah. and that's that's uh, simply the idea mm. uh and we were able to raise 1.2 million dollars for 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 this idea i mean today is not a lot of money back then maybe it wasn't also mm. a lot of money but for me it was a lot of money like 1.2 million dollars mm. is you know money entrusted to me to spend uh, in order to build such an idea. So people did trust this and people got excited, uh, excited about it. And we did have lots of users. I mean, at the peak, we had like, you know, uh, 30,000 trips happening, uh, you know, every month. Uh, but it happened at the same time. I mean, Google was trying to do the same thing in, in the Bay Area. They acquired mm -hmm. an Israeli startup called Waze and they spin out Waze Carpool in the Bay Area. And, uh, you know, but, in 2017, Google ended up, you know, winding down Waze Carpool, and that came heavy on us because some investors, yeah, they, when they saw Google yeah. shutting down the category, uh, they lost hope in the category, and yeah. right, rightfully so. I mean, I also lost hope in the category, and I today I yeah. I, I believe that you know, on-demand carpooling is not a viable, uh, it's not a viable business model, right? Uh, but then you know, Vault Lines basically came out of it as. Uh, you know, okay, so we could not solve for for filling empty seats in mm. private vehicles. Where else is there empty seats in traffic? And the next big thing was corporate buses. So Voltlines, what it does, it does corporate commute. We we offer, so it's a B two B. So I switched from C to C, peer to peer, okay, consumer to consumer, business model to the opposite end of the spectrum. It's B two B. And that's thanks to uh, to to a gentleman called Uri Levin. Uh, he's he's one of the co-founders of uh, of Waze, and um, you know I was super inspired by by the guy that I reached out to him, and he had this beautiful advice. I think it's one of the most fundamentally mm -hmm. impactful advice I've ever had. He said you should not fall in love with the solution; you should fall in love with your problem. And for me, the problem was empty seats and traffic. My okay. solution was on-demand carpooling. And I was in love with on-demand carpooling. And when I switched my focus and my passion and my drive from on-demand carpooling to the empty seats, to the mm. problem itself, this is where, you know, my, my horizon okay. widened. And I saw that, you know, there's a much better opportunity in B2B because you have corporates that are subsidizing for empty seats and corporates want to become more efficient. Okay. okay. So by simply yeah. going to them and saying, hey, don't rent dedicated buses, switch to Vault Lines, which offers you a monthly subscription to a network of shared buses, right? Hmm. So think of it as we, we, you know, the tube system in London. Yeah. Imagine it's buses and it's private buses for yeah. corporates, right? So we, we built a semi-private public transportation network that is made up of 16-seater buses that are more efficient, very efficient. You know, 16-seater buses can go in small streets. They could pick up 12, 13 people living in the same neighborhood and drive them to a certain business district where they work at probably 10 different companies, but they all live in the same area. They all work in the same area. Again, they don't know of each other. 
Yeah. And technology helps uh, do that matching and the algorithm that would create these express lines. So the name of Volt Lines comes from Volt being, you know, the electric future of mobility mm -hmm. that I was always uh, dreaming of. Uh, and eventually we want to go to, elect uh, you know, electric mobility. Uh, and lines is the express yeah. nature of uh, creating express lines between residential areas and business areas. So for businesses, it, well, not not just for businesses, incredibly efficient and cost effective, but also you're you're affecting the traffic ecosystem as well because yeah. you're removing sort of surplus and in, and inefficient traffic as well. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So you're removing in the shuttle buses. So Istanbul, Istanbul has uh, fifty thousand shuttle buses, like these sixteen seater employee shuttle yeah. buses, right? fifty thousand, mm. right? Which is an insane number. Uh, one million people move using these buses every day, so it's it's a it's a sizable industry. Mm. It's a it's a one point seven billion dollar industry um, that is highly inefficient. So it's open for disruption. And you mm. know, like how technology and software mm. was eating the world everywhere, software did not come to that niche. Yeah, right. If if you want to call a two billion dollar a niche, but uh, I mean, it was it was the obvious, uh, you know. A place to disrupt and it was super open for disruption and that's what we did yeah so can i ask you around family and friends so you had the first scenario where the first business didn't achieve the objective so you had to you had to stop that and then yeah. you just then you decided after a period of time actually i'm going to do another startup so yeah. how how, were you, how did your family and friends react to you saying you know when, when you went around for dinner you know what, what's what's the latest oh, i'm going to do another startup yeah, yeah, yeah. Again, like not not just family and friends, like even investors. The investors yeah. in my previous startup, they were like, oh, right. one of them was like, because you, because like you know you, you're failing and you're yeah. failing after three years of trying. Yeah, and then you're coming and you're like, hey guys, I have a new idea. Yeah, and they're like, yeah, of course you do, Ali. <laughs> like, of course you have an idea. So people start, you know, uh, I mean, what, literally one of my investors, he was like, Ali, I'm not your uncle, so stop asking for more money. Yeah. and I'm like, okay, this is it. This is it. Um, uh, but so there's twofold in terms of family. You know, when I left Procter and Gamble, my dad was like, "What's wrong?" <laughs> I was like, "You know, I'm starting, I'm starting a new business." He's like, "What is it?" And I told him, "He's like, doesn't make sense. Like, why would you, why would you leave a good paying job to start an app?" Uh, I was like, "You know, that like could become something big, etc." He didn't get it, right? Uh, my my ex-wife. Uh, my wife back then, her father was like, you know, was he fired? What happened, etc. Mm. Right? Like, so entrepreneurship didn't uh, register yeah. on their on their scales as 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 a good thing to pursue. Uh, and then you know, fast forward to 2017, when I'm when when you know your startup is failing, and you know, like you're obviously under immense stress, mm. right? Like you you've raised 1.2 million dollars mm. for your investors. That 1.2 million dollars didn't mean much mm. but for me it's a lot of money and i yeah. felt very responsible yeah uh, so i was i was obviously under immense immense pressure and you know uh, like my my wife ex-wife right now but my wife back then she was like she 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 was the one who was supportive uh, in the whole start of the mm. journey Mm. Uh, but you know, when 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 that startup failed, and I wanted to start a new startup, yeah. and she was like, you know, like maybe 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 you should call it a day. <laughs> like <laughs> enough with your dreamy entrepreneurship. Uh, uh, you know, you're not you're not making enough money, and obviously she was supporting the household. And yeah. uh, 
she you know she said you know it's 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 me or 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 your new entrepreneurship or whatever i mean it 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 did fry uh so there wasn't a support uh, mm. base besides you know other entrepreneurs mm. that are going through a similar struggle and mm. uh, i think this is why you know you know usually other entrepreneurs are the best people to surround yourself mm. with because they they're the ones that are you know that understand the, the struggle and yeah. you know how how it's okay to fail like mm. failing as part of the process mm. because like if vault didn't fail i couldn't have discovered yeah business that drives vault lines yeah. right so yeah uh, and that's why like when you reached out paul i i mean i was like yeah, immediately yeah. yes because i think the name of the podcast just says it yeah. and i loved it uh from the get-go um but yeah i mean it was it was it was tough mm. it was tough because you know when you lose or when you fail people start losing faith mm. in you and i you have no one but yourself to to believe in yourself and keep going yeah. i know this sounds cliche and like you know uh like a broken record but it 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 really truly is true for me for me at mm. least and mm. that's that's the journey i went through yeah and when that was happening do you, how how important i guess was it and maybe you know did you did you have people i get back i think you potentially kind of answered other entrepreneurs positive people people that understood the process that you're going into yeah, because, because very often family and friends just think what are you doing what you know you, yeah you, yeah, you yeah. Yeah, yeah gamble great you know one of the most prestigious yeah. companies that you can possibly think of yeah. and you know he's got a, he's on that path to <laughs> become a vp you know if he does you know follows follows the book you know five ten years time he's going to be on his way to become a vp and then you decide that you're going to go through this turbulent journey and was it say was it important that you found people that you could align yourself with that understood you know that from every, from every difficult moment there was something tangible that you could extract from that as a learning yeah and and that's not family and friends right? yeah exactly that's yeah. that's yeah. that's yeah. that's definitely not family and friends because like even your friends like most of them are you know either in procter and gamble or like in in similar jobs mm -hmm. uh family is you know it's it's they, they have no idea what you're doing mm -hmm. and it's very difficult to explain and uh but you know you're like you're like in this ecosystem so like mm -hmm. for example you know paul paul graham uh the founder of uh, y combinator i mean he he writes one of the best essays mm. um ever put mm. out there on the internet mm. i mean this guy jits down in his like i think the website is paul graham slash essays or if you just uh if you just google paul graham yeah uh, i'm writing it here paul graham essays i mean it'll lead you lead you right to the to the to the page i mean this guy was more of support really through what he wrote yeah. i mean and this, is, this is a guy i would probably never meet he's on the other side of earth yeah uh you know he's down there in in, in silicon valley you know jitting all of these uh, essays and i found more support in them mm. right uh, in in terms of like you know how to start a company how to scale a company mm. how to build the product how to fundraise how to talk to investors mm. how, what kind of investors you should have okay. 
all of that is is the support you need, right? Really? So okay. a lot of it is on the internet. If you just look for it, you'll find it. And probably, you know, this podcast would would be a support for a future mm-hmm. entrepreneur, mm-hmm. you know, going through a rough patch mm-hmm. and, you know, looking for inspiration or looking for, you know, like just, just support, mm-hmm. right? Uh, but so you have that or you have, uh, you know, other entrepreneurs. So ecosystems mm-hmm. are really... Mm-hmm. Uh, really important. That's why you know. That's why San Francisco is what San Francisco yeah. is, or you know, London or Berlin or uh, you know, the tech hubs, right? So meeting meeting other entrepreneurs, meeting other people mm-hmm. that are you know going through similar struggles mm-hmm. is 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 the best support that one can have uh, going through the rough journey because you know most people don't know mm-hmm. um, the. The ugly side of things, right? Mm. Like nobody talks about it, right? Yeah. It's it's not easy. It's 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 quite lonely. It's uh, it's very stressful. Mm. It requires a lot of resilience and a lot of stamina. Mm. A lot of you know taking failure after failure or rejection after rejection. Mm. I mean, in in Vault, I was rejected by thirty eight investors before the first investor invested, right? Um, and you know, what comes to Vault lines take that to 100, you know, like mm. you go through 100 rejections, people mm. rejecting your business plan and, you know, having excuses or reasons why they, uh, they mm. wouldn't invest in your business um, until, you know, and you have to keep going mm. until you get a yes, yeah. right? So you don't stop at the first no or you don't. Uh... So, so when you were going through that process and you were getting those rejections, I remember when we first spoke, you mentioned that, some of them just weren't rejections. They could be quite brutal in their appraisal of what you what you were trying to achieve. I think I think the first the first rejection I had in, in Volt when I when I like first set out, um, I met like one of the like one of the top guys in the Turkish ecosystem. Mm. <laughs> it was like at the top of the food chain. Yeah, and I was somehow introduced to the top guy. Right, yeah. so he's like hey, away. <laughs> So like it, it I mean uh, my friend she works for him so that's why she had access okay. to him and I somehow found myself and then did not understand how big of a deal this guy is right um he he runs one of the most successful venture capital funds in Europe right okay. <clears throat> and uh, so they 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 have a fund in Berlin and in Istanbul mm. and like this guy is killing it mm. uh you know and he he's he's, uh, he's a take a millionaire like he's mm. big shot guy mm. right and uh, obviously i met him a bit too soon <laughs> yeah because you know like you're coming out of corporate you have mm. no fucking idea what you're saying yeah. right like you have no idea what you're talking about and suddenly you're meeting with a guy from the ecosystem at the heart of the ecosystem and you know the guy was like um you know you know he was brutal i mean mm. he was like you shouldn't have come to me at the stage you i don't see that you've exhausted your resources right mm. um and and it hit me and i came out of the meeting and you know i cried mm. <laughs> because i just like wasn't ready for mm. such a you know mm. a truthful uh rejection right mm. but then uh what he said and he was really nice in that sense and by the way i'm a huge fan of his mm. um he he said i'll introduce you to, to some other mm. people and this is where i was like okay, uh, okay. You know, af- after it washed away after yeah. the emotion washed away i was like hey like in my next meetings, there's no there's no way I'll come out with failure or like you know emptiness, yeah. right? I'll either come like with a with an investment mm. or with an introduction mm. or okay, with okay. a feedback 
with, with a feedback on how to make my pitch or my okay. business better. So I took every feedback he gave me, I made my pitch better, and I mm. took the introduction that he gave me and I went to the next uh, meeting. And the next meeting didn't go very well, mm. but they gave me feedback on how mm. I can improve the pitch mm. and how, and who should I meet, right? Mm. Because it's a network. Mm. And then, you know, the, 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 the investor that ended up investing, the 39th investor <laughs> that I met, was the seventh introduction i later on mapped it yeah to 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 see how how it uh it came to be he was the seventh introduction in a in a in a, mm. in a like a chain of mm. uh rejections basically mm. so it's uh i mean you know there's this uh like uh, image or like meme it's not really a meme but there's this uh, graphic where you know there's this guy digging a tunnel and then just yeah. giving up right before yeah. reaching the yeah. diamonds right so yeah. So you, you like if you're if you have the conviction mm-hmm. and if you know what you're doing. I mean, it's an art to know when to give up as well, right? So um, it's 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 really an art more than a science. Mm-hmm. But uh, but for sure, I mean, perseverance paid out in my case at least. Yeah, and interestingly, although that guy, the first guy you met, was brutal, he must have seen something there because I'm sure Absolutely. I'm sure that I'm sure he's met people you know, before and since where he's not seen anything and he's probably not done any referrals. He's probably not, he's probably said, don't, you know, he's probably, probably said, look, that's, you know, there's, he's probably thought there's, there's zero that I can do. I'm not even going to, because ultimately if you, obviously he's very, very big and noted about what he does, but obviously it's people's times. So you don't want to refer people yeah. if you think actually there's zero chance of anything happening. It is not a glimmer. So, Clearly, although he was quite brutal at the stage you you saw him, there was there was some stuff there that he thought, well, you know what? Well, maybe still speak to these people. Absolutely, I, I think I think you touched base here on 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 a on a, on a great point because mm. first of all, I mean, maybe brutal is too big of a word to okay. describe how he reacted, but uh, he's I absolutely love this guy. Right? Yeah. He's he's brilliant, and obviously, yes, he did make an introduction, and then you realize that. You know, not every rejection is a bad thing because, yeah. like right now, as an experienced entrepreneur, I know that you don't go to this guy. Yeah. <laughs> when you're at that stage, yeah. Right? yeah. Like if it, I was at idea stage, I didn't yeah. have a team, I didn't have a product, I just have an idea, and you're going to the guy that you know writes uh, five million dollar checks. So yeah. you go to a guy that writes. 10, 15, 20, maybe 50, maybe $100,000 checks, mm. right? So yeah. so obviously this guy, when he made an introduction, <laughs> he made an introduction down the food chain yeah. to somebody that, that writes smaller checks, right? Yeah. So he did see potential uh, and he probably, you know, he probably likes me and mm. he knows that I like him a lot, but, yeah. you know, he did make a, and this is where you start, like, as you mature up and you understand mm. that not every rejection is a is a closed door. Yeah. It's mostly, you know, it's it in most cases, it was always a maybe. Yeah. And it was always, you know, for a reason. So understanding mm. the reason of why it's not working out, you know, like the stage is not right for us mm. or, you know, the the industry is out of focus. Like, for mm. example, you're, you're doing something in mobility, uh, but these guys are focused, let's say, in, in fintech. Mm. right so obviously mm. they're you know don't even bother yeah. going to them in the first yeah. place right um so you know you learn a lot yeah i mean it's it's a it's a priceless journey really yeah. is that a skill as well to be able to identify that to be able to work out that meeting so you understand the meeting so when you leave the meeting obviously you didn't get the money that you wanted 
but I didn't get it because of X, Y, Z. So you you kind of know, and then you can use the you can use that as a means to go to the next meeting if that kind of makes sense. It's an acquired skill, absolutely. It's yeah. it's not it's not a it's not a hard skill, right? It's yeah. a soft skill that you acquire and you figure it out along the way. It's yeah. a skill I didn't have in my first meeting, that's yeah. for sure. Yeah, I, I guess we we learn all the time. So can I ask yeah, you a little absolutely. bit about strategy? So when yeah. you're when you're at Procter and Gamble, everything's laid yeah. out in front of you. You've got you know you've got like departments. You've got you've got uh you've got I guess development innovation marketing yeah. communication brand product development you've got all these departments so when you decide actually i'm gonna i'm gonna set my own business up how what was that like developing that strategy and that process yeah so i mean usually the way i describe it and i think it's the best way to describe entrepreneurship in general is like uh you know, like when you leave, especially if you're leaving from corporate, mm. uh, there's a lot of things you have to unlearn, and you okay, have to you have okay, the self awareness. Yeah, you you have to have the self awareness that you know, yeah. I shouldn't you know over engineer or overthink, because entrepreneurship really, like to sum it up, is like jumping off the cliff mm. and building the wings on the way down. Right, like analogy. Whereas, Whereas, whereas in Procter and Gamble, you probably have to, you know, test the aerodynamics and make sure they're certified. Mm, yeah, you know, for flight, right? Yeah. Uh, so you know, you have these very, very opposing different mm. school of thoughts, mm. um, and for obvious reasons. And I mean, obviously, you know, you don't want Procter and Gamble to be taking too much risk, right? Because mm. you know they're an established company, mm. and you know a lot of pension funds are, mm. uh, you know, invested in the company, etc. So. Uh, so it's 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 simply a different animal, right? Mm. Uh, so when you're when you're uh, now, obviously, I do have the strategic muscle. So so I built out the strategy, but I think the the struggle was in the execution because mm. you know you know HR processes. I've never done HR processes before. So yeah, I have no idea. all these things, La- labor time. law, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And one thing you learn, uh, you know, is that you don't have to know everything. Right. Okay. All you have to do, all you have to do, is just surround yourself by people who are better than you mm. in their field of expertise. Okay. Right. And, uh, and was that an important part of your recruitment process? So when you decided you're going to add people to the team, or maybe it doesn't have to actually be employees at that point. It just has to be people that yeah. that you know are, are wonderful at what they do, and and maybe have that level of expertise beyond you in that area that you need. Absolutely. But, uh, you know, the struggle, and this is what it's, you know, what's not talked about mostly, is that, you know, most cases you can't afford these people. Yeah, yeah. Right? So you you, you have to, and this is where you have to make ends meet by, you know, by, by a form of, you know, ESOP or, you know, employee stock option plans or, you know, RSUs or some form of compensation, right? Mm. Uh, some form of uh, equity, some form of, uh, you know, build up. Where you have to make ends meet, yeah, to be able to attract such uh, such talent, and sometimes you have to learn it yourself. Like you, mm. you literally don't have anybody around you, and you have to pick up a skill yourself. Mm. And thankfully, today, you know, with the internet and and all, I mean, you can like literally learn any skill, mm. <laughs> you know, by by just putting a few hours of focus uh, on that. And you you could you could, you know, you're not going to be an expert. You're not going to be the, the best uh to do it but you could get the ball moving at least 
Yeah, absolutely. And you mentioned, I believe, when we first spoke that uh, you met somebody that was quite important at the time that helped you with, with I think it was a financial modelling, something along those yeah, lines. Yeah, case, so, case. So, 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 so maybe you can explain why that meeting was so important. Yeah, so Case, uh, he's probably going to be listening to this. Uh, okay. Because uh, he, he, he lives uh, he lives in Amsterdam. He's... he's uh, He's a Dutch gentleman, and you know he was he was in Istanbul in 2017, and this is you know like a period where I was dealing with a lot. You know, mm. startups failing, like I don't know how to restructure, uh, how to transition into a new company. You know, I'm having my like personal life issues, mm. etc. So like you know things are uh, quite dim and gloomy and clouded, right? So. And then I get this random email from from a guy from the ecosystem, uh, a friend of mine. He's like, "Hey, there's this Dutch guy. You know, he's he's an ex BCG, ex consultant, etc. Uh, he's in Istanbul for six months. Uh, he want he wants to meet some people in the ecosystem." I was like, "Yeah, sure, let's have coffee." And you know, I met him. And at first, he was like, "You know, I can do this, I can do that, etc." I'm like, "Yeah, but startups are different." And he's like, "Yeah, sure. I mean, let's mm. let's uh, you know let's let's try." I was like, probably I can't afford you. I mean, XBCG, mm. mm. Dutch guy in Istanbul. I mean, you're probably gonna be out of my budget. And then he was like, you know what? It's it, mm. let's just do it. I mean, you know, pay me an X amount, mm. and uh, you know, um, let's let's just do ten days and see how it goes. So he made it so easy, and he sold himself so well. I was like, yeah, sure. Here's my challenge. Here's the problem. This is what I I'm trying to financially model. And uh, I mean, he came back in three days with the best most beautiful financial model i've ever seen in my life i mean i haven't <laughs> i have never i've never opened an excel sheet and you know you know it's like looking at a masterpiece and i was like holy shit okay so excel can do that well you're christmas uh, at once <laughs> and um, you know i'm a solo founder and you know like i don't have the you know the network or whatever mm. so it's like case you know like i'm willing to give you half of the company like literally mm. be my 50 50 mm partner and just like let's build this together and he's like uh, you know i can't you know by christmas i'm gonna be so this is the summer of 2017 so he's mm. like by christmas I, I i'm gonna be back in amsterdam you know my my girlfriend uh, will be finishing her assignment etc she's she's also dutch mm. uh now they have a beautiful baby called ellis and um you know my daughter is called lila ellis after his uh, daughter uh, i mean we became best friends right wonderful so uh i mean yeah uh, we 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 had this amazing amazing uh uh, kickoff, but unfortunately he had to leave Istanbul, and then we couldn't, you know, continue the professional relationship. But thankfully, we're we're great friends now. Yeah, but but the modeling modeling was clearly pivotal. Wow, I mean, his name is Case van der Meeren. I I don't know if he would do financial modeling for you, but uh, well, it sounds he's... like I need it. Sounds like I need it. Is it is it, is it, is it Key? Is it what? Is it, how does his name pronounce Key? Uh, case but in, case, like case. in dutch in dutch it's k-e-e-s so, so case if you're listening i'll be in touch financially financial modeling master class um absolutely so so you um so you had the financial modeling and you started to, to kick off the, the business and you sold it was it this year yeah, yeah i mean uh in in april it was announced and we closed the deal in may mm. uh we we sold it to swivel it's a it's a dubai-based company pretty much with 
global operations all over the globe. Mm. I mean, we we uh, uh, as Swivel we have operations in in in, in Germany, in Spain, in mm. Turkey, Pakistan, Egypt, uh, most of the Middle East, Jordan, Saudi Arabia, mm. but also uh, Mexico, Chile, Argentina, mm. uh, and you know we're expanding in Europe as well. Mm. Um, and uh, yeah, so that's you know, the deal happened. Like literally five months ago, so it's wow. I mean it's so all still new to me. Really, really fresh. So, just a question around that. So, when I was reading your your bio, what struck me was you, you started the business I think in two thousand and eighteen, yeah, and you sold in twenty twenty two. Yeah. So that's like four years. So that's quite quick. Is yeah. it or, or is it quite quick in terms of you've been able to to build your business and have it in shape where you could get someone like swell that would come in recognize that you guys have got you know have pretty much found something that is pretty impressive here let's let's talk about doing a deal and actually probably for the moment that you know to set in april probably they recognize this some type some time before then absolutely absolutely so so we're we're you know uh it is quick in a sense Mm -hmm. But it's also such a long time. I guess when I look when I look at it, like four years. I mean, with the hell we went through. As, a, as a, you know, think about it, Paul. Like mm. we are a corporate commute. Like mm. we move people to the office, mm. and two of these four years were the pandemic, where people were not wow. going to the wow. office. So that's crazy. So I forget, it's I forget the pandemic. So, so it's, it's not intense. normal four years. It's not normal. Like <laughs> they're like ten years in like yeah. a, a normal yeah. human uh, yeah. life, right? So. You know, like we 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 started in April. By by the end of the year, mm. we were doing like one million dollar in annual recurring revenue. End of 2019, so April 2018, right? We started end of 2018, one million dollar in revenue. And uh, annually, you were doing annually. And uh, 2019, we were doing three million dollar in revenue annually. So like, I mean, the business just like it's exploded, booming, right? Exploded. It exploded, and you know, 2020. In 2020 Q1, mm. we were doing. I think this is the first time I'm like publicly mm. sharing this information. Mm. We're doing four million dollars in revenue 2020 Q1, so it's like really blowing mm. up, yeah. right? Um, and then um, yeah, and 2020 March happened, and then you know it, yeah. the whole industry was you know uh, belly up. And how did that? So that's crazy. So when that happened, what was your Obviously, most people are having to deal with a pandemic, and yeah. you're, you're having to deal with that and the fact that this could seriously compromise what yeah. you're doing as a business. Yeah, literally, I had to like I had to uh, you know cut salaries. We did not yeah. want to furlough or uh, do any layoffs, mm. so we had to cut salaries, which was brutal. Right? Mm. Um, we had only seven months of cash remaining in the company. Suddenly, we lost. You know. 90% of the operations just disappeared. Mm. Um, and we we really scrambled, not just me as a founder. I mean, the whole company, the mm. whole team. And we ended up losing a lot of people, a lot of our people uh, over over the rest of uh, 2020 and early 2021. So it was, it was really, really, really tough. Uh, but we pulled through. I mean, we, we raised capital even during the pandemic. So you were raising capital going. to keep you going. We, we, we even slightly grew in 2020 uh so we we recovered revenue in 2020 in the middle of the pandemic i mean we shifted 
focus. We went, uh, you know, we shifted, you know, like we added lots of customers that are not affected by lockdowns, uh, like, you know, frontline workers and, uh, you know, okay, okay. logistics yeah. and food businesses. Yeah. So we, we had to, I mean, you go full on mm. survival mode because the minute you stop, you're crushed. Mm. So, like, so you, you got to yeah. keep running. Yeah. So I, I did a, a webinar around failure, um, to the, the importance of failure in or how it can be important. So, so I spoke about innovation. So when yeah. you have difficult moments, the way that you can navigate out of failure is to innovate, is to not do yeah. what, n- not do what, you know, you've been doing from day dot is to think about, you know, what your service is. Absolutely. How how your service can can adapt to to maybe feed into, and you know, a, a, maybe an extension of your market to actually pull you through those moments. And that's exactly what we did. That's exactly what we did. So yeah. in in the summer of twenty twenty one, we launched uh, we launched a product called DRT, Demand Responsive Transportation. Mm. Basically, instead of the normal subscription where people just you know open the app and commute on the app mm. every day. It's a reservation system where yeah. you say tomorrow or next week on Tuesday and Wednesday, I'm going to the office and, you know, the app collects all the demand and creates, you know, dynamic routes that are, you know, responsive to that demand. Um, and today that is 15% of our business and wow. it's, it's it's a profitability driver for the company. Yeah. It's, it's, it's something that we innovated as a reaction to as an adaptation to the changes mm. that were happening that today is a, is a major profitability driver of the business. Yeah. So, which isn't which isn't insane that now you've got another revenue stream that potentially Absolutely. you never ever would have cons- you may you may have done maybe put them down the line, but potentially. But it accelerated it absolutely, yeah, like it yeah. just like put it in you know in in uh, on steroids. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know, just got it done much earlier. Yeah, so I'm not going to um, wish for another pandemic, but you know I, I guess that um, when in those sticky moments we can come up with creative and. In a, in yeah. a, innovative ideas to to propel things and um okay. so just around entrepreneurship you know in your view does it is it for a certain type of individual should it should you know is it not for everybody entrepreneurship uh i mean i, I don't want to sound cocky answering mm. that but i i i don't think it's for everyone mm. Yeah, I, I, I think I think and I, I think we need to like uh, like everybody as is like all the stakeholders in, in this community or in the tech community, everybody needs to be honest yeah. about uh, how demanding and how uh, intense such journeys are. Right. I mean, you're carrying the 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 weight on your shoulders of mm. the company of you know making sure that you're paying payroll on time mm. uh you know that you're never missing wow. a payroll uh i mean vault lines you know when it was acquired it it it, it had 120 employees right mm. so you have you're you're responsible for 120 oh. families you know yeah. Uh, yeah making sure that you know and, and i'm not counting the 400 drivers driving on the vault lines mm. network right so you're like talking about 500 families mm. that could be affected by you failing to raise enough funds or making sure that you know the mm. business is having a, a the healthy uh, flow of uh, you know investment or, or cash flow or mm. profitability or what have you so and you know 
so that 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 is intense, mm, right? I so imagine. and it's it's you're you're at you're at the intersection point of two permits. So you have you're the CEO and you have the permit of the organization under you, but you have the inverse pyramid above you of the board and the investors and you know the shareholders yeah. of the company. So, so everything basically. You're there's all these different pieces of the part yeah. of of the pie. You have to control and be on top yeah. of. Yeah, and that's why I don't think it's for everybody. Just like yeah. you know, uh, I forgot the name of the song, but uh, you know, uh, what was it? Some people, some people make decisions. And some people wipe the streets. Um, I forgot the name of the song. Um, but I'll, uh, I'm trying to find it right now. I couldn't, I couldn't find it with the search, yeah. but you know, like it, it, it's, yeah, okay. uh, and that's okay. You know, like that, that's, yeah, that's, yeah. that's, you know, um, uh, you know, it's okay. Like not yeah. everybody's going to be CEO, not mm -hmm. everybody's going to be a GM and, you know, uh, and CEOs and GMs need also mm -hmm. people who are specializing in like, in, you know, in certain areas. So, mm -hmm. uh, it's, it's, it's an ecosystem that works mm -hmm. together very well. And you know, just like pursuing entrepreneurship just for the sake of entrepreneurship. I mean, I know a friend. Mm. I have a friend here in Istanbul. I'll be, we we're not very close, but, you know, we were in the ecosystem. We used to talk. Mm. And he ended up, you know, taking his own life. I mean, it, he, mm. he could not take it, right? Mm. So, yeah, I don't think it's, uh, mm. I don't think it's. Uh, yeah. Because I guess as well that you have to control your emotions and your, because there's a lot of mental yeah, mental uh, yeah, strength and stamina yeah, and perseverance yeah, yeah and i think you've almost got, a non-human level yeah almost. yeah i you know not that i haven't achieved anything like this but just being around people and talking to people that you know are on this journey that you, I yeah. think you have to have a strong mental you know structure for yourself can i i'm, I'm conscious of your time so we're, we're getting towards the end now what I wanted to ask is, what have you learned about you during this process? Um, I think I like the adrenaline. <laughs> yeah. I think I, I think I, yeah, I think I like the intensity of. Mm, really? Uh, I think I, yeah, I think I like it hard in life. <laughs> yeah. I like, I like life being tough. Um, and um, I mean, obviously, you know, like growing, growing mm. in Lebanon, and you know, seeing so many wars. Mm. Uh, it just maybe messes you up in a way, but mm. it also makes you incredibly, you know, resilient and strong. Yeah. Uh, that is something I I discovered about myself. I'm obviously trying to be uh, like a better person. Mm. I used to be like more reactive and more angry and mm. you know emotionally charged. And mm. thank thanks to my wife, she's I think making me a much much better mm. person. Uh, she's she's the she's the opposite of intense, right? Mm -hmm. She's mm -hmm. she's calm and centered and all of that. Mm -hmm. So um, I think I think yeah, that's that's how I would mm -hmm. sum it up. Okay. And Vault Lines, obviously, Vault Lines is doing amazing things. Is there a next chapter for Vault Lines? Is there another startup in you? Uh, there could be another startup in me down okay. the road. I feel I feel like the itch will come <laughs> back eventually. Start it now. <laughs> But it doesn't start yet. But I, I think, I think it one day it will come. Okay. Uh, but uh, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm extremely happy and grateful 
with 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 Swivel, mm-hmm. uh, the company that um, uh, that acquired us. I think uh, you know I'm gonna continue running Vault lines under the Swivel umbrella mm-hmm. for 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 at least a couple of years just to mm-hmm. make sure to get it into a yeah. you know a healthy sustainable legacy mm-hmm. that I can mm-hmm. like. You know, you don't wanna you don't wanna walk away from your baby yeah, t- and yeah. you know see it die, yeah. right? Like you yeah. want it to continue yeah. and uh, continue growing. So that's 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 definitely that's definitely something I'll probably do in yeah. the short term. Also, like Swivel is expanding in Europe, and I would love to be helping uh, helping them in 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 that uh, in that uh, uh, mission because mm. I mean, what Swivel is doing is is incredible. I mean, it's it's touching it's a trillion dollar market when it comes mm. to mobility right uh, yeah. around the world and uh, uh swivel is also a startup that did this in record time as well mm. so incredible journey incredible people i'm so far i'm very happy and grateful to be working on, among mm. such uh, such brilliant uh, group of people and but yeah you never know like uh, would it be a startup would it be something else yeah. uh, like i honestly have no idea and i think uh you know, I think it's okay. You know, like yeah. you know, when you're like uh, in your young younger years, you you look at people in their thirties and their forties, mm. and you think they have it all figured out. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> like I have no idea. Like yeah. I feel but like it's nice. It's it's nice. Uh, I guess sometimes yeah. to let let um, nature or let life take its shape, and you know, then you can yeah. react. Yeah. You, can, you you can react accordingly. And um, so one of the last questions is. So, and this is the reoccurring question. So I always ask every guest, if they could invite an inspira- three inspirational people for dinner, who, who might they be? Uh, so you made me think about that for the last few days. Okay, um, okay. Yeah, yeah. And uh, so with the dinner, would it be like individual dinners or we're no, all like... all together, all together. All together, wow, okay. So I would probably... I'll probably invite uh, one of my favorite comedians because okay. I want to have a good laugh. Yeah. <laughs> uh, good his name is Louis C.K. Okay, not familiar, but I can look up. Brilliant, brilliant comedian. Yeah. Um, and uh, uh, I'm sorry if you were hoping for some some really inspirational. No, I, I, I uh, want stuff I here. want whatever whoever uh, takes your fancy. So that that's that's the important thing. It's your dinner. Uh, and Ricky Garvias, I don't know if you, yeah, no, I, yeah, I love him, I love him, he's yeah. British, yeah, and, he's brilliant, uh, he's brilliant. And, uh, I mean, it's gonna be, in, uh, uh, it's gonna be a bit difficult to invite the third person, but his name is Mustafa Kemal Atatürk. Uh, he's the founder of Turkey, the Turkish oh, wow. Republic. Um, because I, I found him. I mean, it's going to be an interesting dynamic. <laughs> you know, yeah. you have this inspirational guy <laughs> founded the modern Turkish state. I mean, uh, you know, what he did, what he mm. did, uh, I mean, and, mm. you know, uh, the war of independence and, yeah. you know, from 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 1919 mm. till 1923, to the establishment mm. of, of the Turkish Republic, the modern Turkish Republic, mm. uh, and how modern it was. Mm. I mean, like, you know, Turkey was the first country in Europe it's in 1930 that had you know equal votes for men yeah. and women so it's just, it shows yeah. you like the vision yeah at which he had so i just wonder what kind of vision he would have mm. in 2022 for mm. 2100 yeah. right yeah um he's and he incredibly transformed turkey uh, as a foundation 
Yeah. Because like we were literally the same country, right? Like Lebanon was under the Ottoman Empire. Um, but I mean, look at the Middle East um, look, or mm. the area of the Middle East mm. where I come from, like Lebanon and the, you know, uh, the countries around, it's just a mess, right? Mm. It's a, one big mess. Mm. Whereas Turkey is, is industrial. It's, you know, uh, obviously it's very shy of its potential and where it can be, but, uh, I, I love this country. It's a mm. very open country. It welcomes everyone. Mm. Uh, I'm a citizen of this country right mm. now. So, um, I would love to meet its founder, mm. but then Ricky, Ricky and Lucy mm. K. Yeah. <laughs> sitting in the same room <laughs> i mean we would not stop laughing so i i want uh, i want them to balance the arrows we'll, we'll have to try and get us I'll, I'll send a copy of this to those guys and so you know you, know, you never know stranger things have... louis, louis ck he's he's in the uk in october he has a show and i've been trying to buy the tickets for his show to go watch him live because i've never watched the guy mm. live he's he's the funniest person I don't, I don't on the know. planet i don't know him. so so this evening i will be um youtube him you will you will you will enjoy <laughs> you will enjoy so i'm trying to get his tickets but i'm unable to just why use... have they sold out or something what's it saying no it's just giving me so he's 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 going to be in uh, glasgow in scotland he's going to be in london in wembley arena um and on october 4th wembley arena i click on ticket and it tells me are you a real fan it's just giving me <laughs> this weird uh this Question. weird uh yeah it's like it's as if i'm a robot uh maybe maybe the website is surprised somebody's visiting from turkey <laughs> really do you want to take it for uck uh but uh, is there is there not yeah. like maybe you have to go um there might be sort of a um Ah, no, the website opened now. I think it wasn't open from my office. Okay. Uh, okay. All right, seventy-three pounds for a ticket. Okay. Wembley Arena. That's probably about right. Seventy-three pounds. Uh, yeah, it's, it's wow. It's a huge, huge area. Yeah, it's a big, big venue. Uh, wow. Okay. So definitely, I'm, I'm, I'm probably gonna come to London just to watch this guy. Maybe we we'll do the dinner in London. See if Ricky's available. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, if if if, if I see Ricky, Ricky and Lucy K yeah. in the same room, I would yeah. probably cry. Yeah. I would probably cry. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and so, so one one last question. So, for people listening, for entrepreneurs, entrepreneurs listening, or anybody listening, but particularly entrepreneurs, what would your advice be to them if they're if they if they're experiencing difficulty, or even if they're not? You, if you're serious about it, they are at some point. There are, they, you know, if you're, you know, at, at some point, it stands to reason that you know there's going to be a, some difficult moments. But what would your advice to those guys be? Uh, I mean, I literally had a lunch today with a friend who's who's going uh, through difficulties, and uh, you know, I think I think the advice would be different for each person yeah. depending on the situation. Yeah. But but one thing for sure is to to be to 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 have the self awareness of mm. your of your body and its limits because okay. like literally your body has ways in talking to mm. you and showing you that you know you're burning out or you're stretching yourself to the limits and I had those like I literally had this in February really <laughs> um, and this this also drove the decision to sell right because okay. I was I mean we were going through very rough times I mean mm. we built a fantastic business mm. very successful. But you know, if you don't read the room mm. and you don't understand yeah. what's going on, 
uh, I mean, Voltlands could have been bankrupt by now, right? Yeah. But it ended up being sold for a for a for a big lump sum of money mm. because, you know, it was done at the right time. I mean, mm. if it was a month late, we could have, you know, missed the train. Yeah. So you really wanna, um, and I think it's it's a mix of it's an mm. art and a science. Okay. It's, it's math and you know, like really understanding the situation. So. Do that, but most importantly, like understand your body and you know give yourself a break. Mm. You know, know when to take a break, because we're human, right? Yeah. Like we we break down. I mean, we have our limits and capacity. Mm. And I think you know the more like nothing is more important than our health. Mm, absolutely. I mean, absolutely. we we take it for granted and probably forget how lucky, how, what a miracle it is. Yeah. It is for us to be just alive and well, right? So, I think this is what I would I would mm. say. You know. I think it's four hundred. I think it's four hundred trillion to one that we exist. Yeah, so it's incredible. So, I mean, it's incredible. So that's so we're so everybody is a miracle in the first place. Um, Absolutely, so, and we take that miracle for granted most yeah. of the time. Like even myself, I in yeah. February I was like, you know, my body was screaming basically. Mm. Like I was, I was, uh, I was at the limit, and you know, mm. you. What I forgot to ask you: Do you? Do you or have you had coaches or mentors that you that you've used during this period or, or any period? Uh, absolutely. I mean, we, you know, and there's plenty of people that are you know, more than happy to you know mm. just have a cup of coffee and yeah. you know give some advice mm. or like give some feedback or give back because mm. you know, uh, and you'd be surprised with how many people would help if mm. you just ask them, right? uh so absolutely absolutely yeah, yeah okay ali it's been an absolute pleasure i really really in I, you know what i knew i was going to enjoy this but it you Same know it, it you know it went you know it went beyond that enjoyment and, and and also learning as well i've learned a lot and i hope everybody's listening has learned a lot and is inspired by amazing your, by, by your journey and and doing such wonderful things and uh, hopefully we can do another one maybe you know whenever and um, you know come up to speed with um you know what you're up to so thank you everybody yeah thank you so much thank you so much thank and thank you everybody for tuning into this episode of my perfect failure you can find me at www.myperfectfailure.com and please look out for the next episode of my perfect failure take care for now bye thanks for listening to my perfect failure podcast be sure to visit www.myperfectfailure.com to join the conversation subscribe to our podcast on itunes or google play look out for our next episode